In the past few years, we've heard the term free agents and been told we would all need to become one in order to succeed. The recent economic structures have helped to promote this concept as reality. Where do we get the tools to take control of our career path in the present and future? Welcome to The Career Confidant with your host, Marie Zimanoff. Marie and her guest experts are here to provide you with the tools you need to move forward and achieve your career goals. Now, here is Marie Zimanoff. Welcome to The Career Confidant, and we're glad that you're here today, and you're going to be glad that you're listening in, because today we have another amazing guest, Miriam Rose Cohn, who is an expert in international careers and growing your career internationally. And Miriam Rose is also a career services provider. She is the president of Jada Enterprises, and you're going to love listening to her. She's multilingual. She's got a diverse background. She has international resume expertise, and she helps people who are in career transition have no more misery at work. So Miriam Rose, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me, Marie. First of all, I want to thank you for the wonderful organizations you are leading because my business is able to grow because of your guidance, all the oh. information you So I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Miriam Rose is part of our Career Thought Leaders family, and we, um, you know, we have some bright minds in our group, and Miriam Rose, you're definitely one of those. And I'm just so looking forward to hearing about your story as well as how you help people with their international careers. So tell me a little bit about how you got started in career transition work. Well, I I got starting career transition. First of all, let me back up a little bit. I've been doing resume writing and uh, LinkedIn profiles and interviewing techniques with my clients and salary negotiation and job search strategies. I've been doing all these things, and I decided in the past, and after 20 years of coaching clients who just have been absolutely miserable in their job, and did not want to change for fear of losing the paycheck, um, got me thinking that in this pandemic where people no longer want to go back to what they were doing and whatnot is the perfect time to do really a, uh, change careers, do a career transition. And the object now is, <coughs> excuse me, is uh, to truly get paid for work you love doing. There's no need to go and be miserable in another post. There are so many possibilities today and ways to, and ways to negotiate um, not only the functions but um, the compensation for the position you want to work in that is actually an ideal time. And having had to go through uh, two career transitions myself, I decided I could put my expertise best to use to other people who wanted to do it because I know where the fears lie. I know what you have to get over and push through. And, uh, yeah, so that's what got me going into a career transition. The fact that I had done it myself, the fact that I can employ all the skills that I have and just put it uh, in a particular niche. Yeah, I love that. So there's this opportunity to help people. And I love in your bio, you said not be miserable at work. And right now, right. people really do have that opportunity to to make a transition. Right. The labor market has changed so much. And job seekers are really the ones almost in the uh, driver's seat, as it were. So it's really a perfect time to change careers if that's what you need to do. Because, listen, if you're miserable at work, you take home your misery. Nobody leaves it at work, and that is not good. And I'm all for a more joyous and harmonious life. You know, if you if you do work you enjoy, you have fewer headaches, and that leads to lower blood pressure, and that leads to fewer diseases, and you just go home happier with more energy to do other stuff with your family or other uh, partners. So this is great. It's really a great time to change careers if you have to. If you love what you do, don't change. I'm not saying you have to, but the possibilities today are, are so much more endless than they were 15, 20 years ago. 
Yeah. Well, and you mentioned that you work with people that are looking to change career, but tell us a little bit more about who are your clients. Well, my clients are mostly, they're at least 35 years old on up because they start to perceive the value of, of for what I do and see other possibilities. People are so used to doing one thing, they can't see the possibilities of doing other things. So my clients are those who are truly not doing what they were meant to do. They're doing it because their parents said or their spouses said, you know, and say, yeah, but what do you want? So uh, those are my clients. Also, so the people who are out of work, who are unhappy in their work, who are looking to do something else. And sometimes also I see sweet people who no longer want all the responsibilities, you know, of what they had. The children are grown. They don't need to be cast or everything else. So to help them downsize as well is uh, another aspect of my work. Yes, and there are a lot of people looking to make transitions today, so it's good for listeners to hear that they there's they're not alone. There are many people out there just like you making a transition and and people like Miriam Rose can help you do that. So before we dive into what you do to help other people find joy in their work, tell me a little bit about what you enjoy most in your work. Oh, (laughs) the look on the face of my clients once they begin to see that there are other possibilities, that there's a way out, that they're not stuck. I mean, their face literally blooms, I would say. It's like a flower blooming. It, oh, it's just such a wonderful um, feeling. Um, I, I can give you, uh, may I give a couple of examples? We'd love that. Okay. So, for instance, I had one gentleman, he was a project manager, and um, he was constantly working inside. And uh, during our work, during our career exploration work, we discovered that he really liked to work outside. And then he confided in me his true love had been uh, racing motorcycles. Well, at the point uh, in his life when we started to work together, he was married with two small children. So his wife was not about to let him do that. But (laughs) what we ended up finding him doing is, a job in the aftermarket at the motorcycle racing track. And so he got to work outside, be around motorcycles, and I'm sure some of the drivers would let him race their motorcycle. Nobody needed to know about it as long as he went home in one piece, right? So, yes, so he has a totally different life now and enjoying what he wanted to do, which is being outside and working with motorcycles. And... um a second example would be a lady who was an administrative support in, in her mid-40s, and she was laid off, and she felt like she would never be hired again and didn't know what else to do. So again, after career exploration work, we discovered she was going to be a very good entrepreneur. And so she went into the real estate market and indeed is making more money than she ever could have, than she ever could have as an administrative assistant. So there are very, two opposites, very different possibilities. But yes, sometimes we discover you might want to be an entrepreneur rather than working for someone else. So we get you started on that path. Excellent. And when you are um, working with your clients that want to make these transitions, what is the first step for someone that might be out there listening and they're saying, this sounds great. I do want to make a career transition. I've been struggling. I, you know, I need to get my process started. What do you recommend to your clients as that first step towards their career transition? Well, everyone's different. And so before we start anything, I have a a, a strategy session, if you will, uh, with my clients to find out where they're at, what they want to do, what their dreams are to see, if and how I can help them. And then if everything's positive, 
then uh, if clients know what they want to do, to this point, I always have to specify, <laughs> up to now, I've never had a client take more than two months to find a new position. If the person, however, does not know what he or she wants to do, then we have to do career exploration first, make sure they're on the right track. And uh, so it might take a month or uh, four to six weeks longer, let's say. But the answer is always inside the client. Sometimes the person has buried it so deep inside themselves that uh, it takes a while to unearth it. But once that's done, we uh, move forward. Did I answer your question? Okay. Well, what Marie? would you, so if someone's, you know, out there and they want to take a step for themselves, what could they do to start this process? Maybe if they're not able to work with a coach or, or not able to work with a coach right now, what step could they take to start their career transition? Well, the first step is to ask yourself, where does my passion lie? If all things were equal, what would I love to do? really and truly love to do. That's the starting place. Something that is your passion, that you want to get up for in the morning and look forward to your day. Not say, oh, I got to get up and go to work. What would make you get up at 6 or 7 a.m. in the morning, even if you're a late riser, and look forward to your day? That's the first question to ask yourself. And that's your uh, point of departure. Excellent. So there's okay. that really keying in on what makes you tick, right? What what motivates you? What are your favorite right. things that you've done? What are those experiences you've had where you just felt engaged and alive and excited about work? Sometimes looking at those themes can help us figure out what is it that we do enjoy, that we do want to have more of moving forward. And um, we are going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll dive in a little bit more to the international aspect of what Miriam Rose does and how you might consider your options internationally, especially as the world is expanding with remote and virtual work. We're going to take a short break and we'll be back in just a few minutes. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. 
You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at astrategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we're talking with Miriam Rose Cohn, international career transition expert, and she has been sharing how you can get started in your career transition if you are miserable at work. So Miriam Rose, we were just talking about kind of that first step in terms of identifying your passion. Anything you would add there to help people get started? Yes, you might want to see, I would suggest a couple of things. First, decide if you think you want to work for someone else or be an entrepreneur, work for, on, your, on your own behalf. And then once you've defined, you know, what you, you think your passion is and what you want to do, I would suggest schedule people for a couple of days and see what the work entails and if it truly answers the questions you want to have answered as far as making you happy at work. Would that fulfill you? Uh, would it feel like you're um, a valuable valuable contributor to society? So shadow people, uh, go on the job site if, if you want to see what the work entails and see if it's truly something you would like to do. And then take your direction from there. Sometimes people will uh, let you in and uh, take a closer observation. Um, Yeah, those would be the the things I would recommend you do and talk with people who work in the field or industry you think you'd like to work in. And, uh, you know, get some answers to your questions when you do that. And... uh, then you can further define whether you're really on the right track and if it's really something you want to do there. You might even want to volunteer in that area for, you know, a week or two if they allow you to. Most places will. Always happy to get, you know, extra pair of pants and see what the nitty-gritty of the work really entails. Because the description is one thing. The actual doing the work is another thing most of the time. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. Talking to people that actually do the work, um, those career research conversations are so powerful and people often want to skip that step. And, you know, I talked to a person that was applying for pharmacy school once and I said, well, have you talked to any pharmacists? And he said, no, you know, I, this is just the direction I want to go. And I thought, well, that's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like you're you're going to go and pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for pharmacy school without ever even talking to someone that is in that field. Probably not the best idea, right? It's it's uncomfortable and it takes a little effort, but it's absolutely you know, free to go and do that research and really understand what you're getting into before you do it. So that's a great tip for people just to make sure that they're doing that exploration. And oftentimes you get a you get a pivot. You know, it, it turns out that it's not exactly what you thought it was. And there's this tiny shift that can make a big difference when you do those career research conversations. That is correct. Yes. Well, so you help people find international work and talk to me a little bit about how you've seen more international opportunities. What is kind of contributing to this increase in international opportunities right now? Right now, well, as you know, the world was kind of closed for the past couple of years, <laughs> but it's slowly beginning to reopen. And the most, unless you work for a company who has overseas uh, offices or uh, plants, the uh, work most available is in the environmental and green industries right now. That is what's uh, really blooming in, well, I'm going to see, uh, my expertise lies in Western Europe, mostly, um, and that's where uh, the jobs tend to be. They don't have enough people in the green industry. And um, there are, of course, they're undergoing the same things we are here 
which is at the moment inflation, shortage of labor, and all this other stuff. So um, you kind of have to do a little bit of research if you're doing it on your own. Or uh, I did have a client who went over to France, certain part of France, and started his own uh, farm because he wanted to have everything uh, fresh and eco-friendly and without fertilizers. And, um, yeah, he succeeded. And he convinced the government to let him come in and give him citizenship on the ground that he was going uh, to hire people and give them work. And it worked. Uh, his farm is a success today. Now, obviously, that was not overnight, but uh, there are steps to take towards that. So, yes, it's possible to do other things as well, only your imagination is the limit. Right. So there's a lot of opportunity, maybe not necessarily to move internationally, but to work with international companies that may be um, local or U.S.-based, but you still have that opportunity. I had a coach tell me a few years ago that, oh, they don't work with anyone that's international. And I thought, well, I don't know that I work with very many people who aren't. Not that they themselves necessarily work in an international company or work across the ocean or whatever from wherever they are, but that mm -hmm. most people work for a company that has some kind of international operation, whether that's customers or vendors or suppliers or whatever it might be. Um, and it just seems like that's more and more companies are have some kind of international connection. Right. They do. But you also have to be careful if you think you can uh, remote, work remotely with the company because, um, Marie, as you know, a lot of them have geographical boundaries. But it's also a fact that you have to get accustomed and you have to be adaptable to other cultures. I mean, if you go to Western Europe, you don't have culture shock. However, they do believe in their days out. And so, you know, your project might be somewhat delayed if you don't factor that in because they have, uh, they observe all kinds of things we don't hear in the United States. Um, also, as far as if you want to say, uh, you know, thanks to this, you, you have to be careful as to what it is that you send because, like, for instance, flowers don't have the same connotation as they do here in the United States. So that's just, Besides that, in the holidays, there are quite a few things you have to adapt to. Now, sometimes people don't like to, to be so far away, meaning U.S. companies and whatnot, because you miss the interchange with your colleagues, your teammates, the people who are on the same team. So let's say you may be one who send overseas for a little while, but you still have to keep in touch all the time with your teammates, because otherwise there's... Uh, like a separation that may occur. Um, I mean, if you don't interact with people personally every day, in person is what I mean, uh, it gets to be a very different dynamic if you do it remotely. So other things have to come in place. So sometimes people do move overseas, and then, of course, they have to take the, con the bunch of things they have to do before they move, there's a bunch of things they have to do while they're on the job overseas or abroad. It is a, you know, depending if you go north or south. And then also, um, if they want to come back, most of the time people tend not to want to come back. But if they do, then they, they have to plan before they get here what is going to happen. So it's, um, it's a very different universe. Let's just put it that way once you do that. But it can also be very rich and rewarding because you learn all types of different things you never expected. And um, it's always a good idea if you're going to work abroad, I shall say, uh, to go there for a week or two and see if you can take the climate or not. Because I've had a lot of clients say, well, I'm going to work in England because it's that, that U.S. that they speak English there. But if you're in California or Florida, where you have a lot of sunshine, they don't take into account that 70% of the time it's raining over there. And so that can make them feel very depressed because they're not used to that. So that's just 
one other thing to think about. So, yeah, many things come into play if you want to work abroad. I don't know if I got to track the subject now or not. <laughs> Marie, you can let me yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. So many things to think about. And, and I love that idea of going there, making sure that you've been there for a couple of weeks, although I've violated that twice, not moving internationally, but uh, moved to Salt Lake City without ever having visited here. And I'm about to move possibly to Minnesota without ever visiting there for an, any length of time. But it's it's good advice. Um, and just thinking about, too, the, the culture at one point, um, someone in my circle had an opportunity in Japan, but the challenge was that people had said, if you don't go to Japan at a certain level, you'll have a really hard time getting anything done because you'll be the outsider and you won't have enough, you know, kind of power, if you will, to get people to do what you need them to do to get the work done because you're not part of their culture and you wouldn't have the right level to, to gain that respect. And so it's very interesting just to think about, you know, all the all the considerations that go into those decisions. And I love the idea that, yes, there's more remote work, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you can work anywhere you want to work. Because, as you said, most of those positions have a geographic requirement. So if you are working for U.S. company, most of those companies require you to live in the U.S. while you work for them. And so that's just important to know um, those remote first companies or distributed companies can be great options if you want to live internationally and work, um, you know, for a big company. I don't know if I'd say they're U.S. based because that's what they're called, remote first or distributed. But we're going to take a short break. And then when we come back, Miriam Rose is going to share some thoughts on international resumes and job search. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back in just a few minutes here on The Career Confidant. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Zimanoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and today we've been talking with Miriam Rose, and Miriam Rose shared at the beginning of our talk today that um, she is part of our Career Thought Leaders Consortium and our Career Industry Authority, and uh, Miriam, just want to thank you again for sharing that about our community. I love that. We've got such a vibrant community, and many of the guests on this show are in that community, so if you are 
a career services provider looking to stay up on the new and the next, please reach out to me and be happy to share information on how you can join our free Facebook group or our more supportive communities, our membership like the Career Thought Leaders Consortium or the Career Industry Authority. We were talking, Mary Rose, about international work and you shared some great tips on evaluating those roles before you decide to make a move. Let's talk a little bit about international resumes and what people need to know if they're going to apply to work in another country. What are some of the top considerations for someone writing a resume to apply to a different country? Well, I always recommend, even though the people may speak English, that you have your resume translated into the language of the country in which you would like to work. Uh, Because it takes that first step toward those people understanding that you are willing to learn the culture, willing to adapt, that extra effort, you know, puts you to the front of the line. It's not to say, well, I don't need to learn another language because everybody speaks English. Well, but why do they have to learn English when you can learn their language as well, right? So it goes both ways. So you'll get a lot more cooperation from the people around you. And after a while, you can go back to the English. So that is the first step. And so, <coughs> excuse me, one thing to consider with international resumes is that you can't just do a pure translation, even though as a, a credit translator you bind, you're bound, excuse me, ethically to not admit anything and not to add anything. However, resume writing is very different in other countries that exist in the U.S. In the U.S., we're all about accomplishments and in your face, whereas an active verb, whereas with a resume, uh, resumes in other countries, I mean, you can still, and you have to, of course, say what you've accomplished, but they're more interested in the team effort. So you use more of a substantive rather than verbs and as uh, the primary force of the sentence. Uh, that's one of the things. And... Um, in certain parts of the world, like you were talking about Japan, they like to see on the resume you're schooling all the way back to kindergarten. That's just a fact. So you understand it's not going to be two pages. Um, and it's even lengthier than the TV sometimes. But in other parts of the world, like uh, Western Europe or even Africa, there it's... Um, it's more about the facts, but concise, but show what you've accomplished, but don't make them read pages and pages and pages because they won't do that either anymore. So sometimes if you have something in the past that's still relevant to today and it was a major accomplishment, you might put that first instead of going in reverse chronological order. Uh, those are the biggest things about... Oh, some countries require you... And well, most of the European countries and African countries, I'm not so sure about Asian right now. I'd have to look it up because they had the reform not so long ago. You have to put down that you were married, whether you're married or single, how many children you have and whether you're good health or not, and also a picture. Now, all these things are not allowed in the U.S., although, you know, they can go to LinkedIn and see what you look like if you're on LinkedIn. But... um those are requirements in other countries, and uh, yeah, that, those are the big uh, major lines for uh, resumes, to write resumes for uh, uh, other countries outside of the, well, other countries besides the U.S., let me put it that way. But I also yes. wanted to add, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Mary. Oh, it just, you know, it it is challenging because as you're pointing out, the requirements for different regions can be varied. And so people really have to do their research. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, if I may give a tip, call your local uh, um, council or if you're around the Washington, D.C. area, you can call the various embassies. Uh, Most embassies also have... um, a chamber of commerce attached to them, you know, like Franco-American, Belgo-American, anything like that. Um, 
and ask them because they have the business people there, so it's easy to find out what their requirements are that way. But they definitely have to give them a call. <laughs> ah, that's an awesome idea. But it does make yeah. a difference, right, to really consider and be thoughtful about how to submit something that uh, is appropriate for the organization. That is correct. That is correct. Now, there are other things to consider because we talked about cooperation. You have to know how people conduct business. So, for instance, and please, nobody misunderstand me. It's not a put-down. I'm just pointing out a difference. In the U.S., if you go to lunch and you don't get the sale right away or, you know, or maybe after two or three encounters, they forget about you. In other countries, it may take up to a year before they trust you and then give you the business. How and But then what they count on, let's say if you're in a different country, they feel they can be feel free. Excuse me. They feel they can call on you. Let's say they have a family member traveling. Would you mind showing them around your city, blah, 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 the, uh, you know, anything like that? Um, they will, but they also will give you their loyalty. So let's say, and, you know, you charge a penny or two less on some manufacturing screws or whatnot, they will not change. They will continue to stay with the people that decided to start doing business with. So they're a lot more loyal that way. And uh, you also have to understand that while in the United States, a lot of business is conducted on the golf course in certain areas, mostly Asia a lot. I'm thinking about Korea and other areas there where uh, a lot of business is conducted in the bar. They love to drink. So if you can't drink a lot, you better give them a heads up. It's also important. Oh, I forgot to mention a very important thing, Marie. And that is that if you are going to work abroad, you absolutely need to learn the etiquette of whom you introduce to whom in a business setting versus a social setting. And also, who, what is the hierarchy? Because that's very important. If you do not observe that, you're out. Uh, yeah, those are great points to know the culture beyond just, you know, the, the surface, but also how is business done? How do you communicate? Um, what are the social activities, if you will, the, the social activities yes. that people engage in? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's very important to adhere to those, you know, and what to bring to the host or hostess when you're invited. And it varies from country to country. So it's very important to learn these things before you even move over there or go to work over there. And if you're not willing to say, you know, they say when in Rome do as the Romans do, and that's exactly what you have to do. It doesn't matter what you think is right or not right. This is what they think. And so if you're going to their country, you have to adapt. And that's why we uh, acculturation to my clients if they're going to do that. There are so many things you have to know. You know, another example. So now we're back in Western Europe. If somebody invites you out, they expect to pay for everything. Don't say, can I contribute? Can I pay the payment? No, no, no. That's enough. That's, they find, that's an insult to them. They find that very offensive. So if somebody invites you out, you let them pay, but then you return the favor by inviting them out sometime down the road. Right. So, Miriam right. Rose, this is just fascinating and such good points for people to think about if they're working interculturally, even if they're not going to go work in a different country, but just maybe working with or traveling to for a, a work trip to do the research and to really understand what those expectations are. So if people are interested in having someone help them make their career transition or having someone help them with their international resume, tell me how they can follow you. How can they find you? What's the best way for them to connect? Well, I am on LinkedIn, but they can also uh, give me a call or send me an email. Uh, so, sh- should I give my phone number or my email? 
Sure. Yeah. Whatever, whatever you prefer in terms of people to follow you or, or connect with you. Okay. So, uh, they find me on LinkedIn. Um, and it's, my name is M-Y-R-I-A-M hyphen R-O-S-E, last name K-O-H-N. My number is 661-253-0801. And my email is miriamrose at jedaenterprises.com. That's my first name at J-E-D-A enterprises.com. Excellent. So Miriam Rose Cohn, as she said, you can find her on LinkedIn. You can connect with her at Jeda, J-E-D-A, enterprises.com. And thank you so much, Miriam Rose, for sharing your expertise. We are going to say goodbye to Miriam Rose, and we'll come back here for the last few minutes, as I always do, and kind of put a little bow around this for you. And we will be right back here on The Career Confidant. You know that the career landscape has changed and that you need to be proactive about managing your career. You can have the foresight, skills, and confidence you need to take charge of your career and seize opportunities. A strategic advantage and career expert, Marie Simonoff has helped thousands of leaders like you get focused, get found, and get hired. Visit GetCareerSmart.com to find out more. That's GetCareerSmart.com or call 800-521-2080 to schedule your complimentary consultation. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business talk. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. You are tuned in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. If you have a question or comment for Marie or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to marie at a strategicadvantage.com. Now, back to The Career Confidant. Welcome back to The Career Confidant, and we have been talking with Miriam Rose Cohn, who is an international career transition expert, and she started by this just reconnecting with why do you want to make a career transition, what is it that you're looking for more of in your work, and it's such an important place to sit for a minute and just consider all of that goes into a career transition before you make it. She made some great points later about researching organizations, researching countries. If you're going to make an international career move, I'd say those apply to, you know, any kind of career move where you're moving geographies, but those same points are very parallel when you're thinking about a career transition in terms of getting out of one industry into another, getting out of one role into another that it can be tempting to see the grass as greener on the other side and really doing that research is so important before you make that leap to do the career research conversations, talk to people that are doing that type of work, 
to really evaluate the pros and cons. And I always told people that I was talking to that if you're doing career research conversation and the person is, you know, all roses and rainbows, they probably want to talk to someone else because you want to get some perspective from the person who's going to tell you some of the cons, some of the reasons that it's not so great, because you need to decide are those cons not as bad as the cons of where you currently are, because there are cons anywhere you move. And that's really what you're evaluating. You know, the pros, of course, is the better going to be better, but is the worse going to be just as bad? Is it going to be worse than it is now? Or is it going to be not as bad? And if you make a transition before you can identify both the good and the bad of where you're thinking about moving, you'll likely have a skewed perception and jump out of the frying pan and into the fire. Now, when we're looking at international work specifically, it is important to realize that one, most remote work needs to be done from the country where the company is headquartered. Tax laws have just not, <laughs> they, did, they did not and are not going to change as fast as the world did when COVID came around and everybody went remote. People said, oh, I could work from wherever. And it turned out that mm -mm, hold, hold that thought, slow that roll. Not so much because companies, you know, a lot of big companies pay in U.S. stock. You have to live in the U.S. for that stock to be able to be paid to you. Um, there are some exceptions and I mentioned those briefly, remote first companies or fully distributed companies are kind of the keywords that you're looking for if you want that type of work. And many of those companies, if not all of them, you can work from anywhere because that's how they were set up from the very beginning to be international, to to have people around the globe as part of their, you know, as part of their pay structure. Um and some bigger companies that have operations all over the globe, it may be easier, but you just need to have a realistic conversation with someone inside the company before you think that that's how it's going to go down. Now, no matter where the company you work for is headquartered, it is important to realize that there's a lot more intercultural teams, which is so awesome. Right, It brings in a totally different type of diversity. It allows us to connect with and do business with people all across the globe. It provides opportunity for people in you know lots of different definitions of the word to engage with and learn about other cultures. And we need to take that opportunity seriously to really learn about and think about how other cultures are going to make a difference in our work, how we need to address those situations differently, how we need to communicate, uh, as Miriam Rose was sharing, how business really gets done, what the expectations are, who does what when you walk into a room, and how are we going to do social activities outside of work, because those are just important, uh, just as important a lot of times in terms of how business gets done. And when we don't understand those implications, it can, we can make a misstep and sometimes even make a misstep that uh, isn't, that gets in the way of doing business. Now, thankfully, most companies that have international operations have some kind of resource for you to take a training and understand what that other country's culture is like before you go and do meetings with those those countries. There's also a lot of resources out on the web in terms of different cultures. You want to read from a few different sources so that you get a varied perspective and can really understand the difference of opinions, if you will, different opinions that might exist about those cultures and how they operate. And then similar to doing the career research we were talking about earlier, talking to people who've done business in those those cultures, um, understanding, talking to people, of course, who've lived in those locations that you're considering so that you're not just doing the bare minimum 
um, but you really understand how to be effective. Nothing worse than traveling around the world and not doing that research and falling flat or better or you know, worse yet, doing some kind of damage to your career or to the business because we didn't do that research. So I'd encourage you to do that. And then traveling always opens up our world, right? It, it opens up opportunities. Although we love to work virtually now, there are so many opportunities and benefits for connecting with people in person. And I'd encourage you as things open up and as you get opportunities at your current job, if you're thinking about international work, take those opportunities at your current job to travel, even if it's not internationally, but to travel and meet people who are coming from different parts of the country, coming from different parts of the world, and just opening your world up to those experiences because that will get you ready for those international opportunities when they arise. We are having a great summer here at the Career Confidant. We've got a guests lined up for you all summer. So you'll want to join us next week and, and check in to our guest and the great information that they'll be sharing. If you have ideas or questions, please don't hesitate to reach out to Marie, M-A-R-I-E, at careerthoughtleaders.com. We always love your ideas. And as I said before, if you're a career services provider, we would welcome you into our online communities. We have a free Facebook group and a, and a free um, off-Facebook group community. And then we have a lot of more comprehensive ways that you can join our community, including our Career Thought Leaders Consortium Associates and our Career Industry Authority membership. We will be right back here again next week on The Career Confidant, and it's going to be another show you don't want to miss. So we'll see you right back here again next week. Thank you for listening to The Career Confidant. Marie Zimanoff will return again with another terrific guest next Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Be sure to join us then. 